Church, let me invite you to open the scriptures with me this morning to the Old Testament uh, book of Jonah. Short, fascinating uh, story. Um, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. See any of these short books, you're in uh, the neighborhood. But we'll be in Jonah this morning and specifically looking at uh, a psalm uh, nestled in this short book where sometime after these events unfold, Jonah uh, reflects and remembers uh, what took place. And he remembers his prayer to God, a prayer of uh, thanksgiving, recalling the Lord's uh, intervention, the Lord's deliverance in his life. And so Jonah cries out to God out of uh, a moment of desperation, a moment of uh, when his life seems to be on the line. He cries out to God for help, and God hears him. And God responds to him, and God saves him. And as we specifically look at chapter 2 this morning, uh, we need to set the context a little bit for that prayer. Originally, I, I intended to summarize chapter 1 and bring us up to speed, but uh, as I read this story, it's such a gripping story, uh, it's such a direct story, uh, I could say this no better, certainly not nearly as good as God does. So let's uh, hear from him. So I want to read chapter 1. You can remain uh, seated where you are for that, and then we'll transition into chapter 2, our focus for this morning. But Jonah chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the scriptures read this way. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Verse 4, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him. And said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, verse 13, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. And they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So here's what's taken place. The Lord calls Jonah, his prophet, to go and to preach against the city of Nineveh. Uh, Nineveh in that day, the capital of Assyria, 
uh, known for being a people who worship false gods, people who worship idols, uh, but also known as uh, people who practiced a vicious warfare. And so Jonah, receiving this call, clearly knowing that this call is coming from the Lord, uh, wants nothing to do with this call, uh, so he runs in the opposite direction. Supposed to go east, he goes west. He goes down to uh, the port city of Joppa and sets sail on the Mediterranean Sea to Tarshish, even farther west. He tells us, chapter 1, verse 3, that he's trying to run from the presence of the Lord. But God cannot be escaped. And the mighty storm comes upon the waters. The sailors are terrified for their lives. They cry out to their gods to save them to no avail. So they call upon Jonah to cry out to his God. Jonah wants nothing to do with that cry. He's running from his God. Once he instructs them to get rid of him and things will be okay, they throw him overboard. They ask for his God's forgiveness and the sea immediately calms and they begin to praise Jonah's God. And now we pick up the story. Jonah drowning in the sea, chapter 1, verse 17. Let me invite you to join me standing uh, for the reading of God's word. This is our text for this morning. Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the stories found in it. We thank you for this story that instructs us according to your call, according to who you are and who you instruct us to be. So Lord, guide us now by the presence and power of your spirit as we seek to rightly understand your word. May our lives be changed. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The church may be seated. This is a fascinating uh, story, is it not? I hope this is a fascinating uh, story to you. If if it's not, perhaps you're not paying attention to the story This is a story that most of us have heard uh, throughout our lives. If you grew up in church, you no doubt heard of this story. Even if you didn't grow up in church, uh, you probably heard this story. But notice that this section, chapter 1, verse 17 through the end of chapter 2, both begins and ends uh, with God's control. God is the one in control of these events. Chapter 1, verse 17, that the Lord provided a huge fish, or he appointed a fish to swallow Jonah. End of the chapter, uh, the Lord commands that same fish 
and it vomits Jonah out on the land. The fish obeys the Lord. But throughout the story, God is in control. He is in charge. He's in control of Jonah. He's in control of the sea. He's in control of uh, the sailors. He is in control of the fish and more as the story unfolds. He is in control. Church, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. The God that we worship, the only God, the God of Jonah, the God of the Hebrews, the God of Christians, is a sovereign God. For unlike Jonah, who seeks to run from the Lord and the call of the Lord, who, who knows the call of God, yet willingly disobeys God's call, this great fish immediately obeys God's call. And the word here for fish is a general uh, Hebrew word. Uh, not necessarily uh, the same uh, rigid definition that we would apply to uh, a fish uh, from a biological standpoint today. So this was likely a, a large whale. This was likely a great sea creature. This was a, most likely a whale that came and swallowed uh, Jonah, came and delivered uh, Jonah from drowning. Now, much energy has been expended uh, debating this story and the historicity of this story, did this really happen? Could this really happen? And we ought to be reminded that the historicity of an event or a story is not dependent on the miraculous. It's not dependent on, on, on in other words, if there's a miracle, it doesn't mean that it did not happen. It's believers, people of faith, who submit to the authority of the Scriptures. We believe that this story and every other story in God's word finds its origin in God himself. The very same God who chapter 1 verse 9 is the one who made the sea and the dry land. And so church, because this is his story, because this is from him, we have every reason to believe every word it declares and to bow before him. God is sovereign, so worship him alone. Church, worship him alone. He alone is God. He alone is worthy of our praise. He doesn't share His glory with any other. He's in a category all by Himself. And He is worthy and deserving of our worship. And this truth about God is foundational for the relationship that God invites His people to have with Him. Remember back to the giving of the law, the giving of the Ten Commandments, these uh, ten principles that really were the foundation for the rest of the law. Remember how they began Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You see, he alone is God. He alone is worthy of our worship. Jonah knows this. Jonah knows God. He's been called by God. He knows that he has nowhere else to turn. He ought to know that it's a a futile attempt to to flee the presence of God. But when he experiences great hardship, when the Lord chastens him, when the Lord runs after him, when the Lord corrects him, he cries out to God for help. And he cries out to God for help as he's drowning in the sea and God hears his cry. And so chapter 2 is the recounting of that prayer from the belly of the fish. The prayer before he's swallowed by the fish, but recounting that prayer of of praise from the belly of the fish. Imagine the the stench, the textures, 
such a horrid place that must have been for three days. David and I were talking earlier this week about the landfill, and he, I think, he had to make a trip at the end of the week to the to the landfill. What a terrible place to go, right? You've been to the landfill. What what a good place to have, but a terrible place to have to go. The stench. Sure, the landfill had nothing on the belly of this fish, but from the belly, Jonah recounts that God has rescued him. That God has delivered him from drowning. He's thanking God for hearing him and coming to his rescue. Church, the sovereign God hears cries for help. The one and only God, the God who is sovereign, he hears cries for help. Chapter 2, verse 2, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help and you listened to my cry. Verse 7, he says, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. See, Jonah was in a moment or moments of distress and desperation. His life was on the line as he sank deeper and deeper into the sea. And he cries out to God for help and God hears him. Friend, have you ever been in a moment of desperation? Ever been in a moment of despair? world ever seemed to be falling apart, crashing in on you, the sovereign God invites us to speak to Him. And He hears our cry in all time. He certainly hears our cries for help in such times. So church, let's speak with Him. Let's be a people who speak with Him. Let's be a people who talk to our Maker. Let's be a people who talk with the Lord. Let's be a people who talk with the sovereign God. Church, how remarkable that the one and only God, the almighty maker of heaven and earth, the one to whom seven billion plus people in the world today are accountable, invites each and every one of us into relationship with him. He invites us to talk with him. He invites us to converse with him. Invites us to speak to him and to hear from him. So wherever you are today, friend, distress, desperation, trouble, tragedy, cry out to God for help, for He hears your cries. And He doesn't just hear your cries. The sovereign God doesn't just hear our cries, but He is also working for our good. Church, the sovereign God who hears cries for help delivers from death. He's a God who delivers from death. The sovereign God who hears cries for help delivers from death. I think most of us have read this story or perhaps uh, come accustomed to, to reading this story as if this whale was sent to, to punish Jonah. As if God was saying, Jonah, I'll show you. You'll spend some time in the whale to contemplate your actions, to wonder if your life is going to work out. But I think that's a misreading of the story. You see, if we read the story And the way that it's written here in Jonah's prayer and the way that he describes it, the well is sent to save Jonah. The well saves him. He he sees the well, this great fish coming in and swallowing him as, as God's intervention for his life is about to be taken from him. He is drowning in the sea. You ever felt like you were drowning? What a terrible feeling. Listen to how Jonah recounts that experience. He it says, from deep, verse 1, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. Verse 3 says, 
The currents swirled about me. All the waves and breakers swept over me. Verse 4, I've been banished from your sight, God. Verse 5, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. Jonah's desperate for his life. He's been cast overboard. He's drowning in the sea and he cries out to God for help. He's no longer running from God. He's longing for God. Longing for God to step in and intervene. And he does. He sends the well. Jonah then prays from the belly of the well. He recounts God's grace in his life. Recognizes that God has spared him. That God has saved him. And he says, verse 6, But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. You brought my life up from the pit. Up until this point in this story, Jonah continues to go down. He goes down to Joppa. He goes down into the lower portion of the ship. Now he's going down into the sea and the Lord lifts him up. The Lord lifts him up from the pit. Church, God is in control. He's sovereign. And this same God is in control today. He's carrying out His purposes in the world, in our lives, ultimately for His glory and certainly for our, for our good. He's a God who delivers from death. No doubt, some must be thinking this morning as you hear about God's intervention in the life of Jonah, circumstances in your own life. Perhaps you might say, I, I prayed for God to intervene. I prayed for God to heal me. I prayed for God to spare my loved one. I prayed for a clean scan. I prayed for this, and it didn't seem to happen. Where was God then? Church, I'm not going to pretend to have the answers to why God intervenes in the way that He does in certain lives and circumstances and doesn't in others. But I know that God is sovereign. And I know that even in this case, Jonah is not spared simply for Jonah's sake. He's spared so that he will go and obey the call of God and declare a message of repentance and salvation by God's grace to a pagan people. God spares Jonah on behalf of others. And church, we have a similar message to declare. We have a similar message to proclaim. A message of repentance and grace. A message of forgiveness and salvation through the Son of God who came and lived the life that Jonah couldn't and wouldn't live. And lived the life that you and I couldn't and wouldn't live. The Son of God who took up residence on earth, lived a perfect life on earth, and ultimately laid down His life on the altar of the cross for our sins, that we might have life in Him. Through Jesus, God delivers from death. In fact, hold your place in Jonah and turn far to the right to the New Testament letter written to uh, the Ephesians. Ephesians, toward the end of the Bible, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is writing, he's writing to uh, the, the Christian church in the first century in Ephesus. Listen to what he says. He's speaking to believers. These words are to us as well. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. He says, Christian, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. 
in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. He says, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. In other words, the scriptures say and teach that all of us, despite where we are today, were once dead in our sins. We were spiritually dead. Like Jonah, like the Ninevites, we had disobeyed God and we, are, we were deserving of the judgment of God, the wrath of God. But rather than extending His judgment to us, God has extended grace and forgiveness and mercy to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has spared us from death, longs to, to hear our cries for help and to deliver us from death, longs to rescue us God rescues us. So friends, receive His rescue. Receive His rescue. Receive the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Cry out to Him today for salvation. Repent and turn to Him today. For those who cry out to Him for life, for salvation, for forgiveness, will be heard and will be saved. As a sovereign God who hears cries for help, delivers from death brings us into right relationship with Him both now and forevermore. The sovereign God who hears cries for help, delivers from death, inviting grateful praise. Inviting grateful praise. Invites grateful praise from those who are the recipients of His mercy. You see, Jonah, who had been running from God, still had some issues that had to be worked out in the rest of the story. But now realizes that God has spared him. God has been gracious to him, that God has been merciful to him. And he responds with a declaration of praise to his God. Verse 9, he says, But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. You see, those who know the mercy of God, those who have experienced the grace of God, begin to praise God with thanksgiving. So believer, praise Him with thanksgiving. Offer to Him a shout of grateful praise. Many shouts of grateful praise coming from God's people today to the one who spared them, to the Savior. Any shouts of grateful praise coming from us to God. You see, we have every reason to give Him thanks. We have every reason to praise Him with gratitude. Today, Thursday, Every day, every week, of all people, we as followers of Jesus ought to do this holiday well. I'm not talking necessarily about the biggest spread of food, although that's a good thing. I'm not talking about traditions. Traditions can be a good thing, but I'm talking about an attitude of grateful praise. For we have much to be grateful for, much to be thankful for, not least of which is the saving grace of our God. One who has intervened on our behalf and spared us from death. So may we be a people who praise 
God with thanksgiving. And may we be a people who proclaim His saving grace. Who proclaim His saving grace. Jonah chapter 2 verse 9. Jonah says, But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Friend, salvation comes from the Lord. We serve a God who saves. Turn to the Savior today. Trust the Savior today. Cry out for salvation today. Cry out for help today. The Lord hears you. And He longs to deliver you from death. Father, I pray that as a people who are gathered here this morning, that that we would be aware of your presence, that we would be aware of your love for us, that we would be aware of the gift of salvation by your grace and that we would respond to it accordingly. Father, we thank you for being uh, a sovereign God who hears our cries, who delivers us from death, spiritual death through Jesus, extending salvation, eternal life, reconciliation with you both now and forever to your people. Father, I pray that if there are any this morning who do not know you, who have not been delivered from that death, that they would repent and turn to Jesus today. For today is the day of salvation. And Father, for those who who have turned to you, who are walking with you, Lord, I pray that today would be a reminder from you and from your word that you long for intimate fellowship with us, And that you have given us every reason to offer to you shouts of grateful praise. Hear our praise today. Move us to respond in a way that glorifies you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.